Welcome to the Kick-Ass Everyday Podcast with your host, me, Tanya Tringali. Let's get ready to be bold, be amazing, and live every day to its fullest with the kick-ass powers of personal development. Oh yes, and full disclosure, there will be a healthy dose of Jersey sarcasm. Hello, hello, my friends and fellow seekers, and welcome to episode 46 of Kick-Ass Every Day. As always, I want to start off by thanking my returning listeners for coming back. And if you're new here, thank you so much for giving me a try. Together, we will use our combined energy to put out positive vibes and make a difference in our world. So I am so excited to finally be back this week after taking the last two weeks off. I've been busy pouring all of my energy into the launch of my one-on-one coaching program that's opening its doors on March 8th. Yay! I can't wait to share it and a few other things right around the corner with all of you. But since there are only so many hours in the day, I knew I was going to have to put my baby, my podcast that is, on hold for just a bit. Can you believe that this baby of mine is turning one next week? I am just bursting at the seams at this milestone. When I think back to when I started it and how it has been slowly growing over the last year, I can't stop smiling. When I think about how awesome my listeners are, I really can't stop smiling. I can't wait to see and share with all of you what is to come. Okay, enough about that. This week's episode was actually suggested to me by one of you, my fabulous listeners, whom I now consider family, my kick-ass family that is. A few months ago, I did a post on Instagram asking for feedback and some suggestions for show topics, and she was one of the brave ones who actually spoke up, and I'm so glad she did. Here on Kick-Ass Every Day, I'm not afraid to talk about difficult subjects. I don't live in a bubble, and because of all my personal experiences and studying that I've done around personal development, I fully embrace and appreciate the complexities of the human experience. And those experiences can't always be positive, happy ones. As I've mentioned before, that is the duality of life. You can't experience and know one side without experiencing and knowing the other. Now, already by the title of this episode, you know that this one is going to be a bit heavier, and that's okay. When I started out doing this podcast, it was always with the goal of sharing personal development and what it can do for you. So at its very core, personal development means that you decide your life. And that includes how outside actions of others and outside forces affect you and what your response to them will be. So the goal of this episode is to share with you how even when we are faced with the unbelievable challenges that come with a family trauma, our human spirit is able to persevere and use the experience of that trauma to help others. So I'm going to share with you two stories from two amazing women who have managed to go through terrible family traumas and come out stronger, more resilient, and better able to help others going through similar experiences. The first story, as I said, is that of a listener whom I met on social media. She is one of those people who, unless you know her personal story, would never guess the unspeakable trauma she experienced as a child. Her posts are often photos of beautiful skies and nature that she finds when she's out and about and driving on the road. But after following her for a bit, I knew there was something more to her, something deeper below the surface. Having said that, there was no way for me to guess what that could possibly be. 
So when she offered to share her story with me in the hopes that it could help others, to say I was moved would be an understatement. My friend's story starts with her childhood, her family. She was the middle child out of seven children, four boys and three girls. By her own account, her father was a wonderful, social, caring, philosophic father, artist, and music lover. But her mother was quite the opposite, cold and hard like granite. My friend had a strong mind, even as a child, which would lead some to call her stubborn and a rebel. I told her that, and she would agree, that her strong mind, her inner strength, is her biggest asset. Her dad worked two jobs and in his spare time at home worked on his art. She spent as much time with her father as she could. She helped take care of her youngest siblings at an early age and started working weekend jobs at the age of 12, mainly to escape being at home. Now, I'm sure you're asking yourself, what was she trying to escape from? I wish I could say it was from living with such a large family in crowded conditions, but it was not. She shared a room with four of her siblings and her two youngest siblings shared a room with her parents. When she was just eight years old, her oldest brother started sexually abusing her. Because of her age and innocence, she really didn't understand what he was doing to her at first. I mean, how could she? When she turned 12, he went all the way with her and completed the final act of betrayal. Her other siblings that shared the room with her never stood up for her and just ignored what was going on. Further betrayal. She tried to talk with her dad about it, but the words just wouldn't come to her. So he never realized what she was trying to explain. Unfortunately, the abuse went on for years, and my friend even offered herself in place of her younger sister to protect her. Her brother threatened to make her disappear if she ever told anyone. Those types of threats are often used to keep victims just like her silent. That fear is very real. It was when she met her first boyfriend that things changed. He knew that something was very wrong. And after about a year or so, she was able to finally open up to him about what had been happening to her. He tried to protect her and encouraged her to defend herself. For her, working was her solution to staying away from home. When she finally did recognize how wrong everything was that had happened to her, she buried it deep inside and never talked about it a coping mechanism that many people used to get through life. She did find some comfort when her beloved father started sharing more about his own experiences as a child during World War II. I should mention that my friend lives in Europe, and so her dad's experiences come from living right in the midst of this terrible time. She will tell you that listening to him and what he overcame made her respect him even more. He was always kind to others, helping others being so social and understanding, She wanted to be like him, but on the inside, she was still a mess, so she couldn't. Not yet. And her trauma wasn't over. Her first boyfriend committed suicide on his motorcycle. Another crushing blow. Her abusive brother committed suicide in the early 80s during Christmas. To cope with things, she admittedly turned to alcohol, trying to deal with her unending anger and uncontrolled emotions. She did eventually get married and have a family of her own, which included three beautiful kids. But married life didn't work out, and she eventually divorced and continued life as a single mom. As if she hadn't been through enough, her daughter at the age of five was also abused by a neighbor boy. To say she was angry enough to kill someone would be an understatement. But ironically, 
This event forced her to confront her own demons in the hopes that her little girl wouldn't suffer the same kind of trauma that she did for so many years. She was finally able to confront her parents about what had happened to her. And while her dad said, I should have listened to the many signs you gave, her mother threw her out of the house, calling her a liar and attention whore. Confronting her parents was really the first step in taking back control of her life. I told her that every time you share your story, you take back another piece of your life. And I've seen that with others like her as well. So my friend lived her life for her kids and started sheltering abused women and children. This was her way to help herself and them. She has managed to turn that anger she felt towards her brother into helping others and still does. She shared with me that by sheltering women and children, she has heard so many stories and even she wonders how some of them have managed to cope. There is so much more to her story that I could share, but really the most important part to me is that she is still here and has managed to find happiness for herself. Happiness on the road taking pictures as that is her safe haven. Happiness with her own family. Something else she mentioned that has helped her to cope is that she read a lot about the war, life stories, and it made her realize that some people always have a much more difficult life and that keeps her going. She also learned something from her father on this. She asked him how after all the evil he saw and went through during the war, could he be so gentle, kind, and loving? He said, that happened there and then. People after the war are not to be blamed or to be ignored. We have to spread love, compassion, and understanding and hope people get better and because of that, they will not repeat history. A profound lesson that still needs to be learned today. My friend is an amazing person and an inspiration to me, and I know that many others after hearing her story will agree. So the second person's story that I'm honored to share with you today is that of my cousin, Dee Gillen. Technically, she's my cousin-in-law. She is my husband Rick's first cousin on his dad's side, but really she has felt more like a sister to me over the years, so I have claimed her as my own. Dee's story is really not just hers, but that of her family's as well. Her husband, Greg, and their three children, Scott, Deborah, and Eric. But it is from Dee's perspective that you'll be hearing it today. Five years ago, this past October, Dee's oldest son, Scott, passed away from a heroin overdose. He was only 27. To say it was a devastating moment, one that lasted for five years now, would be doing it a disservice. I asked Dee to express her thoughts to me on how this has affected her and their family, and will now read her words to you. I've learned that trauma and intense grief are such a personal and intense journey for everyone going through it. For us, the trauma of 10 years battling addiction and trying to save Scott's life altered our family unit emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially. To lose our battle and have to bury our son, Deborah and Eric's brother, is the ultimate challenge of the soul. And it's proven to be a different journey for the four of us, even though we all lived under the same roof and for the most part witnessed the same events throughout the horrific 10 years prior and five years since Scott's death. Intense trauma and grief force a new life we never expected or asked for. There is no choice but to embrace it and move forward. There's no turning back time. For me, I found a way to maneuver through this unthinkable loss with the Black Poster Project. This project has become my road to keeping a healthy state of mind while grieving the loss of my child, and I'm not alone. The project has grown to include over 300 loved ones from families across the U.S. 
The display travels throughout New York and New Jersey to raise awareness to addiction by sharing stories of people just like Scott and families just like ours. Most people can't fathom what life is like after bearing a child. It's grief on a level that most people do not have to endure during their lifetime. I speak our story, Scott's story, with the hope is that by sharing our family's experience, others may have the opportunity to understand addiction. I open my window to life as a grieving mother for others to see and feel, ask questions, share their own stories. In every situation, there's good and there is bad. Which do you grab onto? For me, I choose the good. As painful as the journey has been, to know Scott's story has the ability to help others achieve human empathy and has truly been a gift from God. I'm grateful. I still remember vividly the day that Dee called me to let me know about Scott's passing. It was a moment that I will never forget. Scott and our son Ricky were the same age, born six months apart. When they were young, they spent so much time together. Dee and I saw each other almost every day, and that went on for several years as we added our daughters Deborah and Bree to the tribe. Even though over time we would be in and out of each other's lives, we did reconnect, and our kids Scott, Ricky, and Bree reconnected as well. For them, Scott's passing was sobering and raw. Scott had one of those personalities that you just were drawn to. He was full of life, definitely mischievous, and with a smile to match. We knew about Scott's battle with heroin, and even though we knew it was always a possibility that he would lose the battle, you never give up hope. And it doesn't lessen the devastation when it does happen, especially when you thought he had it beaten. I just told Dee again how she constantly inspires me with her strength, a quality shared by my friend whose story I just shared. Just like her, Dee has chosen to help others as a way to move forward in life. The Black Poster Project that Dee started has taken on a life of its own. It has helped to raise awareness of a very real problem, one that can affect anyone, any family, from any background. Heroin doesn't care who you are, the color of your skin, how much money you have, or the family you are from. When Dee does a speaking engagement, one of the things she mentions is that as parents, her and Greg thought they had this, that their kids were going to make it to adulthood and thrive, and they wouldn't have to face this kind of thing. But that addiction still managed to barge its way into their family. And that's why they share their story, so that others don't make the mistake of thinking this would never happen to them. They are the face of addiction. These two amazing women share things in common. Even though their stories and family trauma are different, they are both strong and resilient and have managed to take their pain and loss, loss of innocence and trust, and loss of a child and use it to help others. Remember what I said in the beginning of the episode? At its very core, personal development means that you decide your life. And that includes how outside actions of others and outside forces affect you and what your response to them will be. They epitomize that. You don't have to study personal development like me to utilize the principles of it. Personal development is an invitation and how that invitation shows up will be different for everyone. I've told you before that personal development is God's ultimate guidance system for us to use. Both Dee and my friend have chosen to take an unimaginable trauma in their lives and to do something positive with it to help others. By helping others, they've been able to heal slowly. The scars will always be there, but they decide what those scars mean and when to show them. As we wrap up here, I want to let you know that I've shared some resources and sobering statistics about sexual abuse and overdose on my website in the show notes. 
I hope that the stories of my friend and cousin will help you during your own family traumas should you face them and that you'll be uplifted by their courage and strength. We all have that inside of us to draw upon when needed. They are here to remind you of that. I hope you all have a great week and don't forget to invite your friends to listen and subscribe so that we can continue this amazing journey together and kick ass every day. Till next time. 